Well, I'm recording this today from my house in our nursery, our baby room, because uh, we had a big change in our family. Uh, last week, Emily gave birth to our son, our fourth. Uh, this Our son is named River. And so I'm taking a couple of weeks off of preaching. And today you get the great joy and I have the honor of introducing uh, my friend Charlie Baker, who's gonna be preaching. Charlie has been an evangelist and a local church pastor. And for a, a really long time, he's been an executive coach in corporate America. Charlie is a wise person who has been a coach and a friend to me. And Charlie and his wife, Jesse, are a part of our Cornerstone community. If you get our emails every week and you see the little reflection questions, those are written by Jesse Baker. And uh, Charlie is going to get to share the word with us as we continue in our series about the ancient path. So the teaching text for today is Genesis 22 verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read that for us and pray and then you'll get to meet Charlie. Scripture says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. And so early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Let's pray together. Father, I just pray that for everyone listening and watching, that you would send your spirit and ready their hearts to hear as Charlie teaches and reflects on your word and help us to be people who uh, more fully and more faithfully surrender every part of our lives to you. Uh, we love you and we trust you and we want to love you and want to trust you more in Jesus name. Amen. Good morning. It's really great to be here. I hope that you will say later, it was good to have you. Let's see. I'm joining in because John asked me to kind of pick up on a series that he's been taking us through as a fellowship to kind of prepare us for the future. John feels, and I would agree with this, that we're in for some good tough days. Now notice the language I'm using. It's good, it can be good, but it's going to be tough. And this is nothing new to the Christian faith. In fact, the Christian faith, when you do research, flourishes best during tough, tough times. It, it, it's at its very height of what it can deliver when it gets tough. Presently, research shows that the fastest growing churches in the whole world is in what nation, percentage-wise? More people are becoming Christians, following Christ, becoming His disciples. What nation would you pick out of the whole world right now where the largest percentage are following? Iraq. Are you surprised? I was. What's the second one? China. Are you surprised? I was. <laughs> Yet it's in that toughness that people are attracted to something that's certain. And so John has taken the passage out of Jeremiah as a congregation and started walking us through uh, Jeremiah's time and what Jeremiah was encouraging his people. You see, Jeremiah came along at a time in the kingdom of Israel where when he looked ahead, they were not prepared 
for possibly the tough times that were headed their way. And so he says in Jeremiah, the sixth chapter, in verse 16, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And what will you find? You'll find rest for your souls. And so in preparation, as one that is looking at their faith and what's faith going to do, John started us back in Genesis 1, 1, when God created the world. Now this is going to be just kind of a fast overview of what I've caught so far. It's going to be interesting. John will probably say as he listens to this, uh, I didn't know I said that. Well, this is what I heard. This is my interpretation. In Genesis 1, from the very beginning, God takes three days to create a great environment, an absolutely great environment. Now, we've messed it up to some degree, but it's true. He did create a great environment. And so what kind of environment can you put yourself in to continue the faith walk, the trust walk? By the way, everybody, you're, you'll not meet a person this week that does not have faith. We'll get to that subject in just a few minutes. So as John started walking us through the ancient ways and we started looking at people, one of the ancients principles that always works is coming back to who's God and God is God. <laughs> and because of that, what God says is right. When we go against his rights, <laughs> we're wrong. He's right. But the good news is God never stops loving us. And we hit the potholes. I've been amused this week with the recovery from the ice storm and all the snow and what it did to the roads. Uh, the radio station I listened to on the way to work has what they call a pothole warning. <laughs> They'll tell you in the city where there are potholes and you got to be aware of and what street you're on and pay attention to them. Because you hit those at the right angle, the right speed, and the right time, and you're going to need a alignment on your tires. Well, this is what this series is about. It's, it's just kind of a warning. There are potholes out there. Be aware of them. And if you do hit one of them, or you create one of them, because all of us have a tendency to do that in our lives. And we get caught up in that. We need to come back for an alignment. So John has been trying to help us align our thinking with God's thinking and how God sees the world and help us to have faith and trust in Him during these times if they are difficult or when they do get difficult, you know where to go. <laughs> Speaking of knowing where to go, I was introduced to this toughness early in life in the seventh grade, raised in a small town in Oklahoma, a town of four or 5,000 folks. And uh, in the seventh grade, about 20 of us guys were put together and they were gonna give us a tour of the football dressing room for the Bulldogs, we were known as the Bulldogs. Well, no, I was in junior high, so we were known as the Bullpups. But the high school coach was giving us a tour of the high school dressing room. I'll never forget it. You open the door, and the first thing he explained to us, see that sign? And what did the sign say? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. <laughs> well, there is a lot of truth in that that is transferable in what we're talking about in this faith walk, developing your faith in a sense and developing it in times of toughness. 
Jesus was very clear to us in that when he was leaving physically this earth and going on, and he was speaking to his disciples, those who had been following him for 18 months to two and a half years, up and down dusty roads, had been following him. He was helping them develop their faith and trust. And he was very clear, I'm leaving. But in some ways, I'm not really leaving. I'm, I'm leaving physical body, but one just like me, a counselor, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is going to come inside you. And what I've been doing, He's going to continue to do, and He's going to guide your life. So Jesus is winding up, leaving physically, promising the disciples that He was leaving them, but not really because the Spirit of God would be coming inside of them now and helping them where He had been helping physically and emotionally and spiritually, the Holy Spirit would join them. And he had to leave in a sense because he had only one body. But the Spirit of God now would multiply in many and he would be right there with us. But he wanted us to know the going is going to get tough. Here's the way Jesus said it. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you're going to have trouble. Now he shouts straight with us. Sometimes there are people present the gospel and being a follower of Jesus, just follow Jesus and everything will be okay. Well, that's not exactly what Jesus said. Sometimes when you follow Jesus, troubles intensify because his way is not the way of the world. It's different. And so it should be no surprise to us that the going gets tough sometimes as a believer in Jesus Christ. As John started walking us through this, the ancient pathway for us to find this life, as you journey with Abraham, you discover several things. And this is the way I like to say it. I, I made some notes on this. God is God. God has right ways and wrong ways. There are potholes and traffic warnings along the way. Um, I, I, I made in my notes this statement. You kind of have a, a, a choice as a follower of Jesus. Do you want to go the popular culture or do you want to go to the discipleship, follower of Jesus culture? Sometimes you need to swim upstream. If we were a fish... Only the live ones swim upstream. So you're going to have to go possibly against some things. You don't intend to do that, but it just happens when you follow Jesus. It's not the way the world forms it. Just be kind of aware of that. And so he takes Abraham, starts working through his life. And one of the things I heard John say I really liked, we live in a world of uncertainty and it seems to be intensifying. Those things we used to count on and thinking, well, this is the way it is. This is stable has not turned out to be stable. Where you're looking at the economy, you're looking at the health world care that's given. You're just, everything has somewhat been a real change for us. And so when you go through uncertainty, look for what's certain. And there you'll find God. He is the absolute. He is the certain. And there are certain things you can count on for God. One is his love. He loves you. <laughs> if you face that certainty, no matter what, he loves you. And uh, he's going to continue to love you whether you're right or wrong. 
It's not based on your performance. It's based on his performance. And so God being God and in faith learning that you can count on him always loving you through whatever tough situation you may face. He's going to be there. He's going to be ahead of you. He's going to be in you. He's going to be working. And he'll work through that and his kingdom will continue to come in reality. We pick up on the text for the week in this journey. It's found in Genesis 22. You've already heard the text. As you take a look at it sometime later, God tested. Now notice he didn't tempt, he tested. And, and he tested to bring the best out into us, to take us a, a step further on the journey of faith. Abraham, that's what he said to him. Abraham, he called him by name. Abraham said, here am I. And he used that, that servant language. He knew enough about God. God, you speak. I volunteer. I'm in it with you. Let's go. Then God said, take your son. Now, that was a surprise. Well, the surprise comes here. Take your son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him. Whoa! <laughs> that was a shock. And Abraham, the next morning, the scripture says, loaded up, took his son, two servants, took firewood, took a sharp knife, and got ready for the sacrifice. It takes him three days to get to Moriah, the Mount of Moriah, which today is in the Jerusalem area. Now, you know the rest of the story. Um, Abraham, in his own mind, is willing to sacrifice. And I love what the reader of Hebrews says. The reason he's willing to do this is because he has a deep faith in God that God's going to do something that he had never, ever experienced. He had never seen this happen, but he knew that God, it was possible. The writer of Hebrews, when he's reviewing this, he said, Abram was reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. <laughs> it's like, okay, if I carry through, Isaac will be dead. But God promised that he would continue to work, so he'll bring him back from the dead. In that strong belief, he went on and he journeyed and was willing to go all the way. Now, you know that God interrupted. There was not a sacrifice, a physical sacrifice of Isaac's life. But whatever it was, at this time, his faith was so strong, whatever God said, he would do that which was against his nature, against his thinking. It was a change in his thinking of how God works, theology. And uh, he was willing to make the adjustment because he had heard from God and he was going to continue to journey on. And God continued to journey on with Abram. Now, at the very start of life for Abraham and his journeys, uh, if God would have asked for such a sacrifice, I doubt if Abraham could have gotten there. But he had journeyed along with God long enough that his faith brought him to that extreme level. Let me walk you through something, just ask you some questions as we kind of wind up today. <clears throat> Put a line across here. 
At one side of the line put faith, and all this is about a faith walk, but on the other side of it put atheism. Now let me ask you, on this line right here, where are you? Where would you put your X and say, well, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm really into the faith walk and I'm in faith plus. And, and whatever God says, I'm aboard. Discount on me. <laughs> or it's, uh, are you over here in atheism? Now, by the way, in atheism, you have faith. You have faith there isn't a God. Where are you on this line? I haven't asked you the wrong question, but I haven't asked you the big question. <laughs> Let's form another line. This one. At the top of this, put the word meaningful. At the bottom of it, put uh, meaningless. Where would you put your X? In your life right now, is it a highly meaningful life that you're finding in your faith walk in following God? Is he actively working this hour, this week, this next month, last month? Where are you in that faith walk? Well, it, it is a sliding scale. It's a sliding scale both ways. But where are you at this moment? Where would you put your X? Now notice, as you put these two together, you have four different quadrants. Let's start on the far left-hand quadrant. Let's say you're at the place where you don't see God active. It's like, is God out there? I don't know if he's out there. I question that there is even a God. And it doesn't mean anything to me. It, it means absolutely nothing. You're in a vacuum. All of us have been there where we felt the vacuum of emptiness. And it's like, God, are you there? And it, 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 life doesn't have any meaning. It, because when God's not there, it does form a vacuum. Now let's go to the other, on the downside, where you have faith in your head. You've got faith in your head. You're thinking faith. I want my faith there. But it really doesn't mean anything to you. I mean, as far as affecting your life, it just doesn't mean anything to you. It has no impact on your decision making. It doesn't lead you in any direction because it's all in your head. It's not activated yet. Put in there brownout or better burnout. You're burned out in a sense because it's not meaningful. Now notice in the upper quadrant where you have atheism, questioning is there a God, and you have meaningful. Your life has a lot of meaning to it right now, but you're not for sure. And you didn't let the activity of God show up in your life and you failed in some area. You look at Abraham's life, he failed. Two times he just out and out lied about his wife, of all things, when you follow that, his story. He failed at that time. Was God finished with him? Absolutely not. He learned to trust God over his fears. And so he journeyed on. Most of us fail our way in faith to success. <laughs> Strange way to get there. But failure can bring success when you put God into it and let his meaning for your life capture you. And that's what I call that fourth quadrant, the wow zone. Don't know anything else to call it. It's life couldn't be better here. Even in tough times, it can bring the best out in your life. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Okay, back to the story. When the going gets tough, that sign in the locker room, there were other signs. 
It's not the size of the dog, it's the fight in the dog that the coach would introduce us to later into that philosophy. But going back to that first sign, I was kind of standing in the front of the group at the time, seventh grader, thought I was pretty smart. So when he said, notice this sign and live by this, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, and that's what a bulldog does. I asked the penetrating question, where are we going? <laughs> Not a smart thing to do, I discovered. But the question is there, where are you going? Keep going with God. Wherever your faith is, you're probably going to get tested in these times. And it will help you grow your faith in a deeper dependence upon God. And that is the sweetest walk that you can have. Where will it lead to? It'll lead to loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. It'll lead you to love your neighbor. It'll lead you to love yourself. It'll lead you on the path of love. I wanted to pin this out because I, I want to talk about a tough time that we're experiencing right now in the Western world, in America in particular. I'll let you read between the lines. I think there's an urgency coming upon the Christian faith that we face in this coming week. Such courage is vital because faith we offer is so vital. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I am the life. Biblical morality is the best way for all of us to go. You find that in alignment, lining your life up with Jesus and living life with the Jesus in you and through you. It's urgent that Christians understand this fact. If many roads lead up to the same mountain, there's no reason to pay a price to convince others to take our road. If Jesus is not the only way to heaven, we need to face the ridicule of our secular culture for seeking to win others, to say, come follow me, I'm following Jesus. If Peter was wrong in declaring that there is salvation in no one else, he said, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be delivered. Only Jesus can deliver us in tough times to a good life. He can bring the best out in tough times. Be aware if Satan cannot convince you that Jesus is unnecessary for life and eternal life, he'll try to convince you that Jesus is just one of the many options out there. The ancients would totally disagree with that. Those that have gone before us, that have been people of the faith, men and women of the faith, were radical about Jesus in following him. Recently, this last month, a book came out by McCracken. The book's called The Wisdom Pyramid. Here's a quote. 
Everything ever tweeted in the most viewed vital videos will be forgotten in ashes in the emories of history. But the church will remain. Even our fallen culture, Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let's start this week. I'm just encouraging you. This is what we call the first day of the week. So let's start this week off by saying yes to the invitation of Jesus. Jesus, I join you on your way. And if it gets tough, I'm going to still join you. Get me through these tough times because I count on you being with, with me. And today, Jesus, I choose to love you again with all my heart and all my soul and all my being. Jesus, I choose to love you like you love my neighbor. Jesus, I choose to love you like you love me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that your commitment is greater than mine. Increase my commitment. Increase my faith. And now, Paul would say, three big things remain when you start talking about life. The three are faith, which leads to hope, the second one. But you find both of them in loving God with all your heart and all your mind and your soul, by loving your neighbor, by loving yourself, by accepting the love of God, let it come into your life and go out of your life. And that's where you find life. In the hard times, you find great living. Enjoy this week in your walk with God. Thank you.